I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd alert! Hello there, it's Obi John Kenobi, and welcome to an all new Nerd Alert. Where this week we are going to go boldly. No podcast has gone before, I'm sure, in the history of podcasts. No one's ever talked about what we are going to talk about today. We're going to seek out new life and new civilizations. Talking about William Shatner. No, we're talking about Star Trek today. I'm sure we'll get to the chat. But before we get to that, let me introduce the crew. It's going to help me navigate uh, this weird star cluster. First of all, on engineering, the man who always says what he's about to do is impossible, just so we appreciate it when he pulls it off. Ladies and gentlemen, Commander Scott. That was the worst Captain Pike impression I've ever heard, by the way. (laughs) Sorry. <clears throat> Where's my big red thing? Is that better? <laughs> That's better. Okay. I'll That's... work on it. <laughs> so uh, I found out something interesting here in the past couple of days because I try to find out something interesting just about every day. Uh, because A, I like to share really interesting facts and things mm-hmm. with you all. He so, is the most interesting man in the world. I don't know. Far from interested it. man in the world. There you go. That's I don't it. always I don't uh, always drink bourbon, but when I do, it's straight out of the bottle. Actually, that's not entirely true. It's kind of the reverse of that. <laughs> I don't always drink bourbon, but when I do, I always it's bourbon. I always drink bourbon, but it's not always <laughs> sorry, straight. Sorry. I don't always drink, but when I do, it's bourbon. Uh oh. Um Uh oh. Uh oh. They're on you, Jack. They're after me. They're after Wait, you. You were playing Stairway again, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they have a radar. Somebody's, somebody's terribly playing Stairway to Heaven. Okay, sorry. Anyway. Anyway, so one one of the, uh, the, the there's the the old adage, you know that 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 honey uh, never goes bad, right? Uh, it's one of the few foods. Uh, that exists that can be kept pretty much indefinitely, uh, and, and part of what has started this 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 kind of uh, I'm not going to say rumor because it's not entirely untrue, uh, but was the fact that that uh, when they opened uh, some of the tombs in in Egypt, uh, I think Tutankhamun's tomb and stuff, they found preserved honey in in jars that was still edible. Um, and part of the reason of this is 
that uh, uh, as as bees uh, when when bees create honey and they, they they store it in the cone, if they spread it out in the cone, it contains about sixty to eighty percent water. Um, but as it's spread out in the cone and it, it it's capped off with beeswax, uh, and uh, uh, basically it's it's dehydrated as it ripens into honey. Uh, honey itself has around, give or take, about 18% water uh, and stuff, which makes it very, very difficult for any kind of uh, uh, bacteria or anything to grow in it, which is why it's very easy to preserve. But did you know that honey can be used as a topographical medicine? Oh. If, if you are in a pinch, you know, somebody... Now, I'm not talking about, like, you know, a huge gash or anything that's going to require stitches. You know, that's, don't go slathering honey in it. You know, pack that and get, get that shit. But if you have a, a, a decent cut or anything, you know, you clean it, you can staunch the bleeding, whatever. If you don't have anything else, if you can, if you have honey around you, if you have some honey in your kitchen or whatever, you can put honey on that and wrap it in a bandage. Uh, and it will, you know, act as a medicine. And the reason for this uh, a, first of all, honey, of course, is viscous, which means it will effectively seal off the wound from the air, which is one thing that you want to, to do, because that's where most of your microbes and stuff are. It's low water, of course, like we said, so microbes and, and all that good stuff aren't really going to survive through it. But bees have an enzyme in their stomach called glucose uh, oxidase. So it is the glucose oxidase in a bee's stomach that breaks down the nectar from flowers into two parts, gluconic acid and hydrogen peroxide. So using honey, you know, so honey actually will give off and has a small amount of hydrogen peroxide in it. So it will sterilize a wound to an extent. So in a pinch, you can use it as a topographical medicine. Topographical. But does it go bad? Topical. Uh, well, I mean, if you reintroduce water and stuff to it and leave it exposed to air, yes, it can go quote unquote bad. But if you keep it at you know a a, a decent temperature, uh, and and you keep it in a bottle of some sort, no, it'll crystallize. But you can heat it, and it'll you know uh, it'll go back to a, a viscous liquid form. Uh, and such. So, uh, for modern day purposes, yeah, you can keep honey pretty much indefinitely. I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. But yeah, that, that's. But the fact I wanted to bring to the table here was, it contains hydrogen peroxide and 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 medicine. Yeah. So I there thought- you go. You heard to hear first. Honey never goes bad. <laughs> Tell all your friends who said it first. Uh, that's the fact Whitney would have enjoyed, but she's not here. So, sorry. Uh, and finishing off this super small bridge crew, the man who probably shouldn't be in the Federation because he tries to blow everything up right away. On, you know, by default, he should probably go be a Klingon. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know the Klingon for his name. It's the Doc. Uh, don't tell me. You're from outer space. No. I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. Huh? See, I'm going to let that one pass, Jay, because that works too well for you. So, <laughs> Riverside, Iowa. That is, That's, a good, uh, 
How come we didn't go to Riverside when when we were up there for a visit? Because Riverside is about an hour to like two hours south of Dubuque. Would have okay. taken all week. I mean, yeah, we were up we were up there for you know like quite a while. I mean, uh, why did you not take me to the birthplace of Captain Kirk? I mean, he wanted I tell you, you what, have something to look forward to on the next trip. The next time you come down or come up or come here over whatever <laughs> this direction, uh, we'll we'll not go to the Field of Dreams for the third time, and uh, instead go to Riverside. And I support that idea. Yeah, you can see the birthplace of uh, Captain Kirk. Yay. The future birthplace place of Captain Kirk, which I think they put on their sign outside. They, they, of, I think uh, they've got a sta- they got a statue as well. I think. Yeah, and then once a year they have a festival. That would be awesome. Celebrating Captain Kirk. So. Um, see now I want to go see if if Riverside, Iowa, actually does have a statue. <laughs> Riverside. Well, we're watching you Google it right now because yeah, you're still it's, sharing it's... your screen. So. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We see what you were looking up, Scott. Scott, oh, God. what are you? Statue oh, of him on a hillside, just kind of staring off into space, oh. looking, you know, like like he's reaching for the future. That's I not. Think. That's inappropriate, Scott. What are you looking up? Oh my God, look at oh, oh, look at the bulge God. on that statue. Jesus. That's not proportionate. Hey, <laughs> I mean, you know, if you really want to see some of the some of the the bad stuff, I can pull up my bookmarks. Um, that did, uh, that depends entirely on your definition of the word bad, sir. But moving <laughs> on, we are here to talk about it is the 60th anniversary of Star Trek or 50th. Uh, it's not the 50th. Uh, I think we're getting it's either the 55th or the 60th. Uh, there we go. I finally stopped sharing. Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, Trek started in 62? Uh, this is this is what I usually factor. Oh, no, 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 um, no. No, it was uh, 1966. September, oh, okay. September 8th, 1966. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I, if only we had somebody on the show who can do math and can tell us what 2022 minus 1966 is. Uh, but alas, we don't. Four hundred and thirty-eight. Uh, you know, so try that again, tactical. Uh, hold on. <laughs> fifty-six. Fifty-six. Yeah, this is the fifty-sixth anniversary. Fifty-sixth anniversary uh, of uh, yeah. which is in, which is weird because it's not a milestone anniversary in in my opinion. Right. Um, but at at the time, uh, you know, CBS owned Trek during the 50th and Viacom hadn't brought them back into the family and kind of remerged the kids. Uh, it was in the dark times when there were weird splits in the copyright and it was fucking weird and no one liked it and, and they squandered the 50th. They did squander the 50th. That fifth, that was the most mismanaged anniversary, uh, golden anniversary at that. Yeah. In the history of any franchise. Because I didn't know it was the 50th. We were watching uh, Beyond. And until we walked out of the theater and you mentioned something, I was like, oh, it's the 50th? <clears throat> yep. Like they, they, So it's the 50th, and they had a big movie released, and we didn't tag that anymore? Okay, that seems weird. But yeah, that was part of that weird-ass freaking... Uh, um, 
separate but definitely not equal uh, uh, trademark thing they had going on. That yeah. thank God is over now. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> 56 years of Star Trek is what we're here to talk about today. And we're not just here to talk about like uh, dates and, and when stuff came out and things like that. We're going to talk about on a more personal level. What does Trek mean to us as nerds? We're all coming at this from different levels of, of fandom. Uh, some of us, I don't want to name, name names or point fingers or super fans. Um, uh, the kind of person Shatner would look at and say, get a life. Uh, yep. Some of us are coming from a much more casual, uh, and that's fine too. There's nothing filthy about being casual. Um, we're just here to talk about what does Trek mean to us. And uh, if the conversation starts to lag a bit, I've got some prompt questions to throw out to everybody. But I think a good one to start with and we'll go around the horn and share our, share our stories. Um, but a good place to start is, do you remember your first experience with Star Trek as a franchise, whether it's a TV show, movie, whatever? What was that thing, that hook, that first got you to go, oh, what's this? Uh, and we'll start with uh, our super fan, uh, The Doc. Huh? Huh? <laughs> See, I zigged me. thought I was going to zag. Super fan. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll start with the man who's currently celebrating his birthday today, Commander Scott. Yeah, I called you out on it. By the time the episode airs, it'll be like two weeks after your birthday. It'll be funny. Uh, sorry, I was, I was, I was noting. Quit the... looking at stuff, Scott. No, I was, I was noting the time index on Jay's lovely <laughs> Jason's of of huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Scott, tell us what first got you interested in Star Trek. Your first well, encounter, if you will. So the the earliest that I can remember. Sorry, sorry. your first contact. <laughs> well, the earliest I can remember with Trek is uh, it, it the 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 original series used to air, air on Sundays a lot. I remember that uh, when I was a kid, the the reruns would come on. Uh, Dad would have it on the background uh, every now and then. You know, he'd watch it. So he wasn't a big fan fan. But my uncle, my, my mother's brother, um, was a, a huge Trekkie. Um, and I remember he came home. Uh, he came home one one day or one week because uh, he was uh, he he didn't live in town. Uh, he was he was actually he was a Catholic priest and. Uh, uh, so he he lived out of state. He came home for a visit one day, and he brought his uh, he brought his computer, which at the time I I want to say was an Apple II. E I was think in, was in the back of a cargo van. I'm not sure. Uh, he needed two to cargo plug vans in an 18 wheeler. Yep. <laughs> he needed to plug it into a giant battery. Hello, uh, computer. <laughs> uh anyway uh so i was i was i forget what age i was but i was i was immediately fascinated he had a he had a star trek game on there that he was playing one day and i'm like oh yeah you know seen the show whatever like that and and uh he also had he had movies with him some i forget what format once again this is we're talking like you know i'm like five years old maybe so 1982 something like that somewhere along in there and because uh, uh well actually wait i i can tell you because 
uh, I think he he had I think he had a copy of Star Trek Four. Um, and Star Trek Four came out in '86, uh, I believe. Uh, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, I've got a lot of stuff in my head. Uh, and uh, yeah, '86. Uh, so it would have had to have been a little bit after that. So uh, so I was a little older. Um, but yeah, and I'm like, oh, I just I saw the uh, 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 I saw the uh, the the I remember seeing the previews for that, and I I, I always wanted to see it, right? Because um, I didn't get to see it in theaters, and my uncle wouldn't let me watch it. And my uncle wouldn't let me watch it because it was the fourth movie. Because I wouldn't understand what was going on because, uh, you know, uh, Spock dies in two and they go to get him in three uh, and then they're home. So he wouldn't let me watch it because I wouldn't have the rest of the story. So basically he set me down and the only way I was allowed to watch Star Trek four was if I started from one. And he sent me down, and he had all of them. And I want to say he had them on Beta at the time, because he also brought his machine home with him. I was going to say, was it Betamax? Because I actually looked up when <laughs> Betamax was a thing. Yeah, I... I it would have been a thing. I think it was on Beta. Um, and uh, so he sat me down and started me with the motion picture. And... Uh, uh, all that good stuff, and so I watched basically while he was home that week or two weeks or whatever it was. I watched from Star Trek the Motion Picture through Star Trek Four. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say it was on beta, but uh, I can't confirm that because I don't definitively remember. So I don't think anyone's going to call you on your story, Scott. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even know if Star Trek Four was released on beta. Um, it could have been VHS. I'm not sure, but yeah. For the purposes of the story, it was. Anyone who says otherwise can go and talk. Oh, so. But anyway, that's how I was introduced to Trek, was was through my uncle um, uh, and everything. And and I I, I really just kind of fell in love with it. Um, it was it was the Monster Maroon uniforms that did it for me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and uh, I just I just went from there, and and I slowly went down the rabbit hole, and of course Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, was coming straight on the heels of that, you know, uh, and all that good stuff. So I was I was there for Next Gen, DS9, Voyager, Enterprise. I just kept going, um, and 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 all that good stuff. But that's that's how I was introduced to Trek, really. Um, so yeah. All right. Um, you know, that, that explains a little bit of why you're such a huge fan of uh, Star Trek Four. You guys will let it slide a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jay, same question, buddy. What was your first exposure to Star Trek? I I honestly don't remember. Like, it's so vague. I know I watched it a lot. Like, I watched... Uh, Star Trek movies with my dad and he knew what the hell was going on because uh, unknown to a lot of people Lester was kind of a closet Trekkie like he didn't he wasn't a huge nerd type Trekkie but like he knew what was going on I'm sure he watched the original series 
every once in a while. Um, I think we went to go see Star Trek Insurrection in theaters. And I was I was confused. Uh, I, I remember the first time I saw Star Trek. Uh, oh, Brain Fog. The one Generations. There Star we go. Star Trek, Trek Generations. I don't remember that yeah. one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Star Trek Generations, I remember when I saw that, I was like, what the hell is this Enterprise? Why is it weird shaped? Who's the bald guy? What's this robot? Why is he crying about a cat? Who's the guy with the beard? You were introduced to the crew of the Enterprise D in Generations. Yeah. How do you miss seven seasons of a very popular television show? Not not hey. not be a fan of it, but just the fact that it exists. This is the same kid who was introduced to Alien with part three. Yeah. So come on, man. Get with the times. <laughs> Jay never watches movies the way he's supposed to. Yeah. More fun that His way. His first Star Star Wars movie was Rogue One. That's not true. And he um, saw that in nineteen eighty four. Wow. Wait, yeah, what? explain that. I can't. I don't, DeLorean, I don't know. that's how. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, the, <laughs> Jesus. What happened? Everything just tasted purple for a second. Uh, <laughs> Futurama I can reference. I smell for, the colors. <laughs> for, for John, I've, it was a Futurama. I've got to I've, I've I've watch that. I really do. Yes, you do. Did everything just taste purple? Um <laughs> I love that show. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I don't I don't remember it. I mean, I remember I met Walter Koenig and got his autograph for my dad. I remember that. But Koenig. actually, my... Huh? Koenig? Yeah, not, that's what I said. Not Koenig. Um, that's what I said, Walter Walter Koenig. Um, anyway, that but that's not my favorite Trek story. Okay. <laughs> well, like, we were just talking about how to get introduced. Well, oh, oh. Okay. If you've got All a right. fun story, save it. We'll get back to it. But I will. Just, anyway. Just how, how did you, yeah. It was very, like, haphazard. Watch this one, watch this one. Like, I, I'm i pretty sure I saw Wrath of Khan before I saw the first one. And I was like, what the hell is Star Trek, the motion picture? Who is V'ger? Why is this chick bald? Why do they keep showing pictures of the, sh- the ship? <sighs> what the hell is going on? Questions we all on? had while watching that movie. <laughs> yeah, especially that last uh, one, yeah. Except What's going pretty... on is there's a thing in space and they're going yeah. to look at it. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure I've seen them all out of order and, like, I didn't know there was a particular order until much later in life where I was like, oh, so, uh, yeah, Captain Kirk didn't meet God before Spock died. All right, got it. If only <laughs> they'd numbered them somehow. If only they'd numbered them. Yeah, I'm telling you, they should have. They really, it was a missed <laughs> opportunity. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't pay that close attention to the titles. I was just like, look, Star Trek. And yeah. Right. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, I have two people to thank and or blame. Uh, <laughs> the first one back in fifth grade. And if he's listening, James Bond, thank you. Um, I really had no exposure to, uh, to Trek until we started hanging out back in like fourth grade and he was a huge trek nerd uh and got to the point where like he he arranged his basement to be the bridge of the enterprise uh d nice and he 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 built um comm units 
by all the doors out of cardboard. Um, yeah, no, it was it was legit. Uh, he had like TV trays and stuff set up for all the different stations. Uh, he, he had the Elkars thing like drawn out on uh, tracing paper and or cardboard or whatever other materials he could get a hold of. Uh, so that was my first sort of like uh, exposure to that, and it was through um, uh, Next Generation. Unfortunately, by the time he got me into it, was right when the final season of that show was on. So it was a little weird for me because everyone was like, "Oh, it's over," and I'm like, "What?" Confused. Uh, but then he was enough of a he got me enough into it that um, fast forward a few years later, we're in St. Louis. Uh, for Thanksgiving, which was our family tradition. Um, and the other person who I could thank and or blame is Uncle Bob, who decided we were going to go see a movie. And what was playing was Star Trek First Contact. Right. And you took me to see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's still my favorite Star Trek movie. Um, it's a fantastic, beautiful, amazing movie. And I was like, wow, man, this Trek is pretty awesome. Uh, and from there, I, it just kind of went downhill. And then uh, fast forward a couple decades, and I met this guy named Scott Cox, and really all downhill from there because he made me do homework and shit. <laughs> he made me he made me watch the motion picture. I, I did talk about it. I did. I I I made you sit through the motion picture yeah. with me uh, in theaters. Uh, Ooh. And such. Yeah, I lost a bet to uh, to Flanagan on that one. To, to Chris, for those who listen to all the shows on the on this network, I lost a bet to Chris and had to go watch Star Trek: The Motion Picture with Scott Cox in a theater. Um, well, the, the bet was you just had to watch the movie with me. It, it was just fortuitous yeah. that that it was in theaters uh, at the time because it was an alternate cut of the film, which which you know. I was sitting there watching it. I'm like, I've never seen this cut of the movie. I don't know what's going on. And and you and know. I to that was like, yeah, you're right. I... <laughs> Is it over yet? That was just the opening credits. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, you're gonna miss the half hour shot of the Enterprise. <laughs> no, no, they'll play it again. Don't worry. <laughs> Actually, they do reuse footage from that in uh, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Really, I couldn't tell. So, so if you'll notice, <laughs> if you'll notice the Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. So, in, in the motion picture, when the shuttle, uh, the shuttle pod docks with the Enterprise, Scotty brings it around to the port side uh, cargo bay uh, airlock uh, in the secondary hull. And they reuse that footage. So in 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 uh, in Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, the shuttle pod once again docks in the port side uh, cargo bay airlock. But when the airlock opens and we cut to the interior, they walk into the uh, the the port side torpedo bay, which you know, of course, as as everyone knows, is like several decks above where it actually you know launched. So. Yeah, Filthy gotta, casuals. I, I, I gotta push my. I knew that secondary hole looked familiar. <laughs> I gotta push my glasses up on my nose here. <laughs> Careful now, you have to take back together in the middle again. Uh, <laughs> speaking of John falling asleep in movies, my favorite was when we went to go see uh, Brain Fog. Wow. I don't remember Our, that movie either. Star Trek. I and been asleep the whole time. Peabody and Sherman, and and we start the movie, and John passed out like twenty minutes in, and then he woke up at the 
giant vortex of doom over the building, and he just went, there is no Dana, only Zoom. Only Zoom. And yeah. then I'm, I'm back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it was like, he he he, fe- he passed out in the first 20 minutes, and then he woke up for like the last 10, and was like, was that oh, not- yeah. First of all, the way out topic. Second of all, was that not the weekend you came to visit and you guys were like the day after uh, the convention ended? Was it was that not the, the day. I think it was the yeah. day the convention yeah. ended. Like the con ended Sunday. I got home and everything unpacked around like five and Jay was there at six. That's some that's some piss poor timing there, sir. Yeah. And the whole time she's like, why are you so tired, John? Then the next year I made Jay come for the convention. And I think it was day two of the con. He's like, yeah, I see where you were so tired now. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> back on topic. So that's how we all got into Trek. Um, lots of good friends uh, recommending stuff. It sounds like so. Thank you to all those people, and/or hey, it's all your fault, whichever one applies. Um, so that we'll jump into Jay. Um, you had a fun story you want to share involving Trek. Uh, <laughs> yes. So okay. back in back in college, I have a friend named Kyle, and uh, Kyle was, for whatever reason, he was a huge Transformers fan. Not of like the toys, because everybody loved the toys, and like the cartoon. No, he loved the first movie. Okay, poor, he's like, poor man, right? He's like, oh, I love Transformers, and then this is when Transformers Two was coming out. And I can't, I don't remember the name of that one. Transformers 2, The Search for More Money. Rise uh, of the Revenge of the Dawn of the something. Right? And so then Kyle wanted to go see it. But he didn't just want to go see it. He wanted to go to a midnight showing. Uh, and he didn't just want to. Those were a thing, yeah. Right. And he didn't just want to go to the midnight showing. Like, he didn't want to go by himself. He's like, come on, go with me. And I was like, no, man. I did not enjoy it. Like the first one was okay, but I don't need any more um, Transformers in my life. Okay, like. The but what happened looks... was they told Jay there was a new Transformers movie before he went to go see it. So, as we all know, Jay doesn't want to know about stuff until right before. Yeah, yeah. You so, can't call back to last week. Previews, anyway, trailers or anything. Going right past that. So yeah. I saw trailers for it. I thought it looked awful. I was like, and I was right. It was awful. And I didn't want to go see it. I especially didn't want to go to a friggin' midnight showing. So I was like, okay, Kyle, listen, here's the deal. You and I will go see this midnight showing of Transformers. But I get to take you to a movie that I pick that I know is going to be good. Right. And he's like, okay, whatever. And so then we go see Transformers, and it was god-awful. And I hated it, and I was tired, and I was, like, grumpy. And I was like, that movie was terrible, right? So fast forward, and Kyle's like, so what movie are you going to make me go see? And I'm like, we're going to go see Star Trek. And he's like, I don't know anything about Star Trek. And I was like, it's okay, because they're rebooting the whole damn thing. (laughs) Okay? You don't need to know anything. I was like, the only thing you need to know is like, do you know who Captain Kirk was? Yes. Do you know who Spock is? Yes. Okay, you're good. (laughs) You're not wrong. Like, you don't really need to know anything else. So we go to see it at a normal time like human beings do. 
And like, I remember looking over at one point and he's just friggin' glued to the screen. So enthralled with what's going on after the movie's over, we're leaving the theater and he goes, dude, that was awesome. And I was like, yeah, right. Like it was really good. And he's like, oh yeah, I loved it. And so now that jackass who was like, I don't know anything about Trek. He went to go see, um, Brain Fog. Star I don't Trek know this movie Brain Fog. Fog. Is, you keep talking yes, about this. Yeah, Into Star Darkness. Trek Fog is he was, doing a lot of uh, uh, screen time here. This, yes. This, so yeah. He went to see. He went to go see uh, Star Trek Into Darkness opening night with his dad, and was like, "Dad, we're going to see it." And then he saw Star Trek Beyond opening night. So like, I he took me to Transformers. Like forced me to go to Transformers. I very like just sort of suggested Star Trek. I mean, yeah, I forced him to go, but yeah, I then turned him into a fan. So yeah. may not have made him a full blown Trekkie, but yeah. And uh, I was like, I remember the conversation after we watched both movies, and I was like, see, see what a good movie looks like. See, well, it was like trying to teach a child. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> this com- good. <laughs> If the comparison for good was it had to be better than Transformers 2, uh, it's a very low bar you set, sir. But uh, hey, you, you didn't enjoy the part and start in, in Transformers 2 where they open up the, the hangar in uh, at the Smithsonian in the middle of downtown Washington, D.C., and for some odd reason it opens into the uh, airplane graveyard in like Arizona or wherever the hell that was. No, place. I was fine with that part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also think that was the third one you're thinking of. I was, I got, I checked out when we started making uh, enemy testicle jokes. That's yeah, no, that I was the second out. one. I checked, yeah, it was the, I checked it was out way before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jet Fire the Smithsonian is the second one. Yeah. You know, I, what I really loved about Transformers 2 was where, you know, old dude Black Hawk or old dude uh, SR 71 Blackbird basically commits sepulchre and. <laughs> gives his parts to Optimus and then at the end of the battle Optimus is like I don't need these anymore and throws it down and then in the and then in the next movie he's got a goddamn trailer with his own parts like ah, fuck yeah. you Blackbird this these are my parts yeah let's like, just take this great sacrifice of this character and let's just completely null and void it like like two scenes later <laughs> Like, well, those were handy for five minutes. <laughs> Use uh, my parts. Okay, for ten minutes. Got it. You bet, boss. <laughs> you, you probably could have just, like, told the watch up to the counter, say, give me two tickets to whatever's starting next. Just whatever. Just anything. Whatever's starting next. Give me two <laughs> tickets. And just, just through, like, roulette, you would have gotten a better movie than Transformers 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I just, I'm happy that I yes. started him down this trail of, like, see yeah. this movie and well you you paid it forward is what you did yeah well i mean you know trek 2009 uh, is a great movie i uh, i believe i saw it uh, i think 11 times in theaters jesus um actually in all honesty even though it is a great movie the the thing that kept me coming back was that opening sequence like just that that opening that 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 whole opening thing was great with the kelvin and the narada uh it was great i i wish 
I wish we could get that cast back to do just just give me a a, a pre two thousand nine you know Kelvin movie. That would be uh, pretty I, cool. Look, yeah. Tom Cruise is doing his best. Okay, man. Uh, he is. He's he's making all that Top Gun money, so Paramount can afford to bring the cast back. <laughs> I appreciate his dedication to, to to doing another Top Gun movie just to generate the revenue to give me more Trek. I appreciate yep. that. He did it as a personal favor for you and Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Nicole really wants to watch some more planes fly around, and Scott would love another Star Trek movie. And he was like, you know what? I'm on it. <laughs> I got this. I got you, fam. Uh, uh, okay. I have to be in the next Star Trek movie. Uh, Tom, I, I don't think it's, there's a spot for you in the movie. No, no, no. no, no, no it'll no. be fine. It'll be fine. It's Paramount. Tom Cruise just tells them, hey, I'm going to be in this. And they go, yes, sir. <laughs> How much screen time would you like, sir? All of it. Thank you. Can we have another? I am James T. Kirk. You know, he's not born yet. He's, I am James T. Kirk. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to be James uh, T. Spock. Uh, sure. Okay, Mr. Cruz. The called, T uh, stands for Tom. It, it's called uh, it's called Star Trek: the, the Romulan Protocol. It's just Tom Cruise running in space is all it is, <laughs> but not actually going anywhere because he has no uh, actually. Energy. He's just running. It's, it's called Star Trek: Maverick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he he is on the Enterprise, but magically finds an F fourteen Tomcat. Yeah, it's on the holiday. Keep it's, talking. I'm in. It's still running. And the 14 transform no, into okay. a half-human thing? No, no, it's, no, no, it's no. retrofitted to fly so, in space. No, no. So hang on. So hang on. No. So it starts out with him in an F-14, right? Uh-huh. He's doing his thing, everything's like that, and then all of a sudden, everything around him freezes, and his calm goes off, and it's like, Captain, we're sorry to disturb you, blah, 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 and he's like, fine, I'll be up there, end program, we find out he's on a holiday, right? Fast forward through plot, whatever, all the stuff and story and everything, and we get to the climax, and the only way to solve the issue, what do we see? We see Tom Cruise come out of the hangar bay in an F-14 Tomcat, doing his thing, and it pulls over, and everyone's like, what? What's going on? And it pulls over, and on the wing is the Doctor's mobile hollow emitter from Voyager <laughs> to bring the Tomcat into the real world. Oh, my God. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I don't see the downside here, guys. Uh, Paramount, call us. <laughs> We're freaking writing it for you. Um, <laughs> Like it's hard or something. Uh, so so that's how we all got into Trek. Uh, let's swing around the horn and and there are, there's an embarrassment of riches when it comes to Trek properties. You've got original series, Next Gen, Voyager, Deep Space Nine. You've got uh, multiple uh, film franchises with different casts: the OG cast, the Next Gen cast, the reboot cast, the Kelvin timeline, whatever you're supposed to call it. Um, and that's not even getting into all the stuff we have now in this renaissance we're getting thanks to Paramount Plus with the Picard series and Strange New Worlds and Discovery and uh, Lower Decks. So, <clears throat> and Scott, I know this might be difficult for you, but go around the horn and what is, if I told you right now, hey, let's go watch Star Trek. I didn't specify, I just said Star Trek. What are you putting in? Ah, uh, crap. Um... We can come <laughs> back to you, Scott. If you need some time. Well, so 
I'm I'm probably not the best person to I'm not the best person to start with because my answer is complicated. So yeah, start <laughs> yeah, we we hate Scott for Scott to give a, uh, a long winded, difficult answer. <laughs> Jay, what do you got? I say I say Jay, let's watch Star Trek. What are you putting in? Uh, boy, no wrong answer. There is a wrong answer. Um. <laughs> To be honest with you, I'd make it like I'd probably make it like a triple feature, just because one. I can't. Okay, all right. One. Shit. I'm gonna be that dick. One. That's awful. You're awful. Yep. Um, I know. Ah, shit. <laughs> I the reboot, 2009 reboot, Star Trek, the first um, one. Yeah, with the okay. the Kelvin timeline because like what I love about that movie is it appeals to the me me. Like it's it's got action, it's got adventure, it's got it's more fast-paced. It's uh, Scott's going to have like a small aneurysm when I say this. It's the most Star Warsy of the Star Treks that I'd seen. That's entirely intentional yeah and, you're not wrong and that's and i enjoyed that like i liked that because like nothing against the og series movies um the the cop-out answer is wrath of khan which i'm not gonna say um although i love that movie i love wrath of khan uh i'm just not gonna say wrath of khan yeah um, yeah but like those kinds of movies, like there is some action and some space battles and stuff, yeah, which is fine. But yeah. like in 2009, it took it to the next level, and I really liked the uh, the design of the Enterprise in the 2009 one. Yeah, um, I think yeah, it really... that, that movie hits the ground running. Uh, yeah, even when you know it, from the very first moment it starts, we're moving, we're on the go. Yeah. Uh, it very seldom slows down to to you know let you catch your breath. And this this might sound weird, but I think the 2009 Enterprise or the 2009 Star Trek kind of gave like a more grand scale to the Enterprise and like made it more of like a massive ship, and you kind of feel that. Well, yeah. So uh, okay, so we're. If I could, if if I may, just address some of these. It's fine, Scott. Go ahead. I will. I'm just gonna sit here. No, no. Yes, Scott. To you rip me apart. Right. No, 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 no. His opinion is not wrong. First of all, yeah, no. Uh, every point he makes is in, is entirely entirely valid. Um, because there's there's things in in the reboot that I love. There's things in the reboot that I I dislike. Um. One of the things that I dislike is you had made the comment that 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 the the reboot was was more Star Wars like, and it is. You're right, completely, it is. Uh, and this is by design. They tried to tone down a little bit of the the dramatic portion of it and and up the ramp up the action a little bit, uh, which is fine. One of the big things that I hate though in the Kelvin timeline, as much as I do love the reboot and the Kelvin timeline, uh, one of the things that I hate is the phasers. Because really, okay, yes, and the reason that the one thing I don't like about the phasers is from 2009 on, 
the phasers and not just in the reboot movies, but even going into discovery and strange new worlds and all that, the phasers now become blasters. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You don't yeah. mean the actual design of the phaser. You mean yeah. like the, the beam. Yeah. The, the, the beam. Yeah. They, yeah, they, okay. they, gotcha. they just go, they're just pew pews now. Whereas from the original series through enterprise phasers always had a sustained beam and it set them apart. Because one of my one of my big dislikes on the Harry Potter movie franchise is that by the time you get to the end of that franchise, they're no longer doing spells. They're just waving their wands and firing blaster bolts. They're literally yep. just pew pew sticks. Pew That's pew all sticks. they are. Um, so that I disliked. Uh, I, I I wish they'd have kept it as as, as steady beams. Uh, I I think that that. That aesthetic should have never changed. Um, I, I agree being, with you on that point. Yeah. That being yeah, I said. I talking about the, the design of the actual phaser. Which oh, no, no, no. The, I, I love design, that. Look, yeah. yeah. No, the designs of the phasers and stuff are all, are all phenomenal. They're all, they're all really good. Um, uh, that being said, the Kelvin timeline has one of my most favorite aesthetic changes to Star Trek of all time. Ah. That has carried forward into the new stuff. I know where this is going. You know where that's going. Jay, I've heard this rant before. Yeah, Jay probably doesn't know because I don't know if I've, I've talked to him enough about it. But, um, and that is the window on the bridge. God, I love that window on the bridge. The the fact that the view screen is is a hol- kind of a holographic or a heads up display overlay, you know, of the window, but there's still a damn window on the bridge. It just always. It always irked me in Trek, because literally if the sensors go down, guess what? Your entire command crew, the people in command of steering the ship, are completely blind. <laughs> they can't see shit. <laughs> um, seemed like a design flaw to me, but, but that's just me. But, but that, this, that stems from, uh, you know, pr- production constraints going back to the 60s. So I understand it, but I do love the change. Um. As far as the Enterprise seeming bigger, you're not wrong because it is bigger. I am not a fan of the aesthetic design of the Enterprise in the reboots. Um, I think we've talked about this, like the the turbines on the um turbines, the, the cells, turbines, turbines. Yeah, like they turbines. Yeah, like, the turbines. Are they turbines? Are, are they are they a Middle Eastern? Is the Enterprise a Middle Eastern? Is, is, is it a Sikh? Yeah, the turbines on the. Yeah, the <laughs> turbines should be fezzes. We covered this. Yeah, the fezzes. Yeah, the fezzings. So, so I'm gonna <laughs> the fezzing nacelles. <laughs> the fezzing nacelles. So you're talking about the red things at the on the end of the nacelles. Yeah, where's like, the red things? Yeah, because I th- I feel like we talked about this where it was like. Maybe I'm wrong. So, so actually, actually, so it, it does have to do with the nacelles, um, but it's not the Boussard Ram scoops. <sighs> Filthy casual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the turbines, the pheasants. <laughs> Hold on, I'm writing down that time code. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, no, it's 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 the pylons. Like I don't like the way the the nacelles come off the secondary hull. I'm just not a fan of that that design aesthetic. Uh, I mean, straight. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I just they, they kind of do this weird curve thing that comes up and it just messes with my entire like sense of spatial geometry and I I, I just personally don't like it. Um, there, there's nothing there's no logical argument for or against it. It literally just comes down to personal taste and I'm just not a big fan. So you don't like the sort of I want to describe it as like a wing the sort of wing design of yeah. the yeah or like how close they are together little it's kind of all of it it's the nacelles and the pylons and how they come off of the secondary hull um but also uh if if you if you actually looked uh uh at scale um so the Enterprise reboot and the Enterpr- the, the original series Enterprise are actually different sizes um, based off of different conceptual uh, uh, things that they show. Um, and, and there's there's all kinds of stuff. There, there's several resources online I, I could point to that will will show uh, the, the the differences in those ships. Um, uh, and 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 such, but yeah. So the the reboot Enterprise is about twenty five to thirty percent larger than the original series Enterprise, uh, and I want to say even the Strange New Worlds Enterprise is uh, just just a touch larger than the original series Enterprise. It's a, even though they're supposed to be the kind of the same ship, the same class yeah. of ship. Um, once again, it's not enough to make me hate the movie. You know, I'm I'm not one of those that it's just a too big of a ship. Kids get off my lawn. Um, uh, but 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 you're not wrong with that. It, it it does seem bigger because it actually is bigger. Uh, because the interior sets were bigger and and it it it, it, it comes down to difference in fifty years of production, right? I mean, my only issue with the the way and i i appreciate abrams and his attempt to to make the interior sets look more industrial and less like oh this is a set built on a soundstage uh, my only issue is what they they, they where they chose to film sections of like engineering and stuff are in a budweiser plant because yeah. all i can see are giant tanks of beer <laughs> Yeah, that's what all I can see. I mean, my head, my head does not wrap around like that. Never, that never looked good to me. And maybe just I've been on too many distillery tours and whatnot. But like that always looked like, oh hey, here's some vats of beer, and we cram some computer shit in between them and put a sparkly light in the back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, I, I once again, I, I, I agree with you. I love, uh, I love what Abrams was trying to do. He was trying I to love... show us. Yeah, good. He was trying to show us a more functional ship, you know, that would, because if you go on board as like a U.S. naval vessel, you're you're going to see pipes and you know equipment and, and 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 everything all over the place. It's it's not like all the the actual machinery that runs the ship is completely hidden, like like you know most sci-fi stuff and the original Star Trek stuff. You're going to see this, and he wanted that look and i love the fact that he did that but i i totally agree with well, you like that scene in the, the concept hate the execution yeah the, the, that scene in the reboot um when cart goes to get ohura because he's, mm-hmm. he's 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 trying to confirm if the the stress signal that she picked up was you know he's trying to confirm his theory before he goes to the captain you know uh 
and literally you just have like these computer stations just just do not seem to fit like where they're actually placed because <laughs> they're between giant vats of beer with some like clearly uh, just off camera like uh, green swirly projection lights to put some kind of like reflective surface on the yeah it just it looks stupid yeah. like it looks like you're trying to make a, a brewery look like yeah. a starship interior yeah. and I, I hate that again love the concept hate the execution of it but I every time say, that every time that pops up it takes me out of the movie but but I have to say that scene at the beginning when when uh, McCoy first takes Kirk aboard the Enterprise you know they're they're coming in and you got everybody bustling around doing their things right you know yeah yeah and we have I love. And I still don't completely understand how they do it. I know it's a, uh, several different techniques and composites and whatnot and this and that. But you have that uninterrupted shot tracking of Spock from Budweiser location into Turbo Lift and then back out onto Bridge. Because there's no cuts in that. It's, it's a continuous tracking shot. I, I can tell you how they did it if it would ruin the magic. I don't want it. I don't want you to okay. ruin it for okay. me. Okay. I'm okay. fine with it because I, I love that shot. Smoke and mirrors, Scott. There's a, a mini set projected in a mirror. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it's forced perspective. I understand. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that's an awesome shot. <clears throat> um, yeah, solid, uh, solid pick, Jay. Uh, we've got, you know, as much as we, you know, turned into track nerds and nitpicked it, we all agree, great movie. And it, it, as far as big screen reboots go, you'll be hard pressed to find a better example than Star Trek 09 because it did everything you could ever hope a reboot would do. Uh, it, it nailed it. I just want to throw one thing out because I'd be interested to see it. Yeah. I don't know how Scott would feel, but I'd just be interested to see like the people who, because I've been looking at pictures of the Enterprise from the reboot. And I would like to see what they would make the Enterprise D look like. Oh, uh, going forward with with that into the to the like if you had the same same people. Yeah, the yeah, D. like like the like I'm imagining. I know it's creative minds or whatever, and like the people who it looks like. But I'm thinking like in universe, the engineers that created this Enterprise in the reboot. What would the next iterations look like? Like, because the to me the Enterprise D looks wildly different than the, the one you see in the original series and the that might be by movies. Design, I'm just saying. Yeah, right, and that's fine. I would just be interested to see what they would come up with. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm not saying they'd have to make a whole movie or series about it, but it would be interesting. I I I'm still waiting to, to see my. Uh... NX01 post refit. Oh yeah, the the refit NX01 like yeah. actually on screen. Yep, that's what I'm waiting for. But uh, we've stalled long enough, Scott. I tell <laughs> you, hey, let's watch Trek. What are you putting on? Um, uh, uh, am I restricted to movies or no? What? Whatever. Shit. Well, it... okay. Well, <laughs> you need stalling. Trek covers so much, it really depends on my mood at the time. Just your personal... Scott, you have to watch a Star Trek right now. What are you putting on? Fuck. <laughs> Star Trek, the motion picture. Should I stall for time, directing. or will that not help at all? 
the extended it director's won't, cut. It, it, it won't help. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it it really will not help. It's easier for for me to. It would probably be easier for me to kind of tell you what I wouldn't watch. But we're coming to that. You know, like what am I not going to? Like where am I? But first, like, I want to hear what are you gonna watch? Uh, uh. See, you know, I agree with Jay in that Star Trek Two is kind of one of the go-to answers, but I've seen it so much, you know, and everything. I've just seen it over and over and over again. Uh-huh. Uh, right now, when I'm in the mood for Trek, um, I've I've kind of got a handful of things that 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 I go to because uh, uh, strange. Well, Anson Mount is so good, like just about anything with Anson Mount in it right now. Uh, I love just because he is, he is that good. So season two of discovery, um, uh, season one of, of, of strange new worlds. It, it, it's kind of hit and miss. It just depends on the episode. Cause there's some good, and some bad, but that's, that's just Trek. You know, not, not everything is going to be gold. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, There's no wrong answer. It's okay. There are what, wrong what right now in this moment do you feel like you're in the mood to watch? Right now in this moment. Shit. Oh, that changes uh, the dynamics and the constraints of the question. It, it, it does. It does. Uh, if you if you put it to me right now, I'm. Uh, Jay's not wrong. I might almost be in a a, in a director's cut motion picture mood right now all right scott i'm going to give you the floor for a few minutes defend (laughs) star trek the motion picture the director's cut why is it worth watching so i mean I, i i've heard your your arguments against it and and you're not wrong and and in the fact that you know there's a thing out in space and we have to go investigate it. We're, we're heading to investigate this strange new phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I argue with, and 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 and, and the the fact that it, it kills me um, is is because, in my opinion, I don't like I don't I don't care about Beecher. Like like getting to the destination. Mm-hmm. and stuff and this is why i like trek it is is the encounter with viger is not the be all end all of the story that's the, the 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 whole thing is the journey like literally it starts out you know like like the original trek going into next gen and everything you know these are the voyages of the starship enterprise to seek out new life Blah, 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 blah. It's the journey. It's the interaction with the characters. Because you have to understand, and I think this is why the movie's hard for, for people to get into, you know, nowadays, is this movie was made with the intention of exploring characters 10 plus years after the last time we saw them. Okay? So... What Star Wars did wrong, Trek may have done a little too much with the motion picture because in Star Wars, when you come back to, you know, Star Wars after 30 years, 
everybody's like, where's Luke, Han, and Leia? What have Luke, Han, and Leia been doing? You know, that's that's what we want. I want Luke, Han, and Leia. And they're like, okay, we're going to give you new Star Wars, but we're not going to give you Luke, Han, and Leia. In fact, we're not even going to give you Luke in this movie. We're going to hold it. We're going to tease it. We're going to blah, blah, blah. Whereas this movie is, you've got Trek fans that have been clamoring for 10 years. We want more Trek. We want more Kirk. We want more Spock. We want more McCoy. So this movie is all about Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Uhura, uh, Chekhov. This movie is more about these characters than it is Vijan. I don't give two shits about Vijan. Um, I want to see what's happened with my characters. I want to know where they're at in their lives. And that gives it to us. We, we, we see where Spock is. We see where Kirk is. We see where McCoy is. The others, you know, those were the big three at the time of the making of this movie uh, and such. So that's that's the point. This is a straight up drama. This is a straight up character driven. Uh, it, it takes place on the Enterprise because that's another thing that I'm I'm I love about this movie. It takes place on the Enterprise. I, I don't I don't I don't want to see you know, weird, barren wasteland of a planet number seven. I've seen it 8,000 times. I want to see a new Enterprise, and they give it to me. They give me great beauty passes of this wonderful ship um, and everything. Um, you know, we get to see the whole ship. It's not like, hey, here's a glimpse of the Enterprise. Okay, now we're done. Done with the Enterprise. Don't, don't worry about it ever again. Um you know, uh, and everything. It literally, as a fan coming off of a 10-year hiatus, it, it literally gives me everything that I want. It may have tipped the scales a little bit to the other side, and I can see that to where it becomes, there's there's virtually no action in, in this movie because it's, it's all drama. It's all character interaction. It, you know, Kirk's got issues. You know, he's, he's, he's struggling. He's trying to recapture what he had before. Uh, it's about the human condition. It's you know, it's. But to me, I think I think that this this movie is the the most pure of of the Trek movies, not the most perfect of the movies, because even like with a good like you know alcohol or something, if you get stuff too pure, it doesn't taste very well. It's not going to be the greatest product to put on the market right uh, you gotta find that sweet spot of a balance you star gotta trek water two. down your bourbon when you're taking it out of the barrel yeah, star star trek 2 found that kind of sweet spot star trek 6 hit that sweet spot again but i can appreciate the motion picture and i love the motion picture specifically and i do enjoy the, the director's cut because it gives us certain scenes that are taken out which lends a little a little more context to what we're seeing with the interpersonal relationships uh, uh, and such you know like that that one scene on the bridge where where Kirk comes out of the bridge before going to engineering because he's looking for Captain Decker um, and uh, the he he gets back in the turbo lift and then the the one ensign is like and what about Captain Decker you know he's like what about him he's been with this ship every every minute of its refitting and Hura looks at him and she says ensign the odds of our surviving this mission in one piece may have just doubled because you know Kirk is back uh, which 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 gives us you know which I just love that 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 whole thing 
because uh, it shows the loyalty of his original crew. Yeah, uh, even though he always gets everyone killed because he doesn't know what's going on with the ship. Uh, Sorry, I watched that movie and all I get is Kirk is a fucking dick. The yes. entire movie, Kirk is yes. a complete jackass. He is. Who just uh, flat out stole yep. command from Decker because he wanted to yep. go on an ego trip. Yep. 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 And, and that's what that's what McCoy flat out tells him. At one point. Which is why McCoy is the greatest character. That, and he has the first epic beard in Star Trek. He does. He has a wonderful beard. Uh, Jonathan Frakes perfected it, but McCoy. McCoy has a great beard, yeah. But that's why I love the motion picture. uh, Is because I don't care about V'ger. That's not why I'm there. I'm there to see my characters again. I'm I'm there to come home after a 10-year hiatus of it being gone. But that that nuance to that movie gets lost to history because we have so much Trek now. But the time that movie came out and the time that, you know, um, uh, when I kind of fell in love with it and stuff, we didn't have all this Trek. You know, when I first saw uh, when I first saw the motion picture. Next Gen hadn't even premiered yet. So all I had was the original series and the first four movies. That's it. That was the be-all, end-all of Trek. So you have to put it into a little bit of context. You know. Uh, Hey, you like whatever you like, and that's fine. And thank you. No, literally, thank you for for giving us why to you this movie is, is great. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing your perspective with us uh, and 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 taking up the mantle for a, a movie that is. And look, I'll crap on motion picture all day. That being said, I'll watch motion picture over part four uh, or, or I'll watch motion Whoa. picture over any of the Transformers movies. So it's not Whoa. a terrible movie. Um, it's just it, it, it's not no. my cup of tea. Um, um, no. We'll get what? to that. Hold on, Jay. Put it in. Oh. That's coming, Jay. That's coming. Because um, I'm going to set and then directly contradict a rule, which is I hate time travel in Star Trek. I hate it. I absolutely can't stand it. Star Trek's not a time travel show. It's a space exploration show. I hate when they do time travel in Star Trek. Therefore, but my favorite movie is contact. my favorite movie is First Contact because uh, it involves time travel. You with me so far? It's complicated, I know. Uh, no, I love first contact for many reasons but it does do time travel but it does time travel in a way i've never seen time travel done before we're traveling to the past but for us the audience it's still the future and the reason i love that particularly in trek is in first contact there's a whole plus uh subplot between um uh picard and oh crap uh, alfie woodard's character whose name i can't think of now um anyway but they're talking about um, the future as explained to her. And and it, it goes into, it bridges the gap. The thing I could never quite make the connection of as a, as a younger uh, kid trying to watch it is, I get Trek is about this uh, optimistic future where we don't care about money and we all just, you know, pursue to be the best at whatever it is we choose to do. And that's, that's great. But how do we get from where we are now to that? And first contact deals with that in a way uh, mm-hmm. that it, it wasn't an instantaneous change. 
Yeah. That it's something that gradually, you know, the, the conversations they have where she's like, oh, we don't, you know, Kirk's, or sorry, Picard's like, oh, we don't have money in the 24th century. And she's like, what? How do you buy stuff? Like, just, just uh, yeah. that. And then combined with, um, uh, Zephram Cochran, yeah. who was fantastic in this movie, and he's he's in their time. He's this vaulted, amazing visionary who invents uh, warp travel and changed the world. And then they meet him, and he's like, "Yeah, I made it to make money." Yeah, you, know, I, you guys are all oh, like signs. Yeah, <laughs> blowing smoke up my ass. But yeah, the, the, I had yeah all this. I don't know this guy. Uh, I, I want to paraphrase, but the guy you you're talking about in the future, I don't know that guy, and he sounds like a dick. Yeah. Uh, I don't want I don't want to hang out with that guy. Yeah. Uh, I love that notion in a Trek movie of like, yeah, that's where we end up is the, the you know, in, in the 24th century, we will, and we will get there someday, but it wasn't overnight. It didn't just flip a switch and now we're all amazing human beings. It was a slow, gradual process. Yeah. Uh, and, and to have to sort of take some of the, the shine off of uh, how we got there. I, I love that. <laughs> well, uh, Sorry. Catching yeah. my throat. Yeah, uh, I I I I did love uh, when uh, 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 what's her name that plays what Lily? Uh, yes, Alfred Woodard, Lily. That's the name. Yeah, I think of. yeah, she's playing Lily, and 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 she has that great thing with uh, with Picard, and she's like, "There's a way to get off this ship and blow it up, and let's do it." And he's like, "No," and he he smashes the 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 display and everything and you know he's and he gives that great speech and he's like you know they invade our must be drawn here and we fall back you know they assimilate our ships and we fall back he's like well you know here's the line no further blah 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 blah. and she's like sorry you know sorry to interrupt i guess captain ahab has to go hunt his whale and then you know picard starts quoting moby dick because he's he's now had his epiphany for She's ego checked him and he's calmed yes. down a little bit. Yeah. And it's it's a beautiful scene. Oh my god, it is so well played between two great actors, and it's just wonderful. And but but the fact that we come off of that high with 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 her going like because she doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's like, yeah. Kobe. And she's like, uh, I, actually, I never read it. <laughs> well, there's the uh, there's another great kicker there too. You broke your little ships. You broke your little ships. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, one of my favorite parts of that movie, because I really like that movie, mm-hmm. and I would have said First Contact is one that I would watch, but I knew John was going to say that. So, uh, But that would also be one of my choices. So like, if I had a triple feature, it would have been Wrath of Khan, First Contact, and um, the 2009. But anyway, what I love about that movie is... Um, Jordy's like incessant fanboying over Zephram oh. from Cochran. <laughs> you, you told him about the statue. <laughs> Actually, speaking of which, it's really funny. If if you watch Enterprise and you look at the set decoration for for um, Archer's quarters, mm-hmm. he has a miniature of that statue on his bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Part of why I love Enterprise so much. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, in all honesty, uh, uh, it, it would be a very interesting debate on which one is a more perfect Trek movie, Wrath of Khan or First Contact. Uh, neither one. Okay. If you're, if just, okay, okay, so to me, uh, and this is the last question I was going to end the show with, is is what to you, uh, is, is uh, what does Trek mean to you? And to me, Trek is... In, in 
I don't want to go too far in this rabbit hole, but like you always hear the oh, what's better, Star Trek or Star Wars? And and Scott, you and I are on the same page about this. I think Jay's on this page too, which is you can't have that debate because it's apples and oranges. Star They're Wars. not the same thing. <laughs> oh. oh, Star yeah. Wars is is fantasy in space, and there's again nothing wrong with that. This is not yeah. a one's better than the other. It's they are two yeah. different things. Trek is always best and always uh, at it, at its best when it is true speculative fiction. It is a morality tale played in the future uh, with aliens standing in for the human race. And and so we can talk about our issues and our problems and our, our qualms and our hangups in a way that feels removed so we can have an open, honest conversation about how, who and what we are as human beings. Yeah. And to me, that encapsulates, that is the epitome of yeah. Trek. And as much as I love Khan and First Contact, neither one of them really do that. First they, Contact may be a bit with the Borg, yeah. um, but Wrath of Khan is, and again, I love Wrath of Khan, nothing against Wrath of Khan, but it's it's a straight-up revenge story. Um, yeah. it's, it's There's not really much speculation about the future of mankind in that movie. Okay. Um, well, I mean, yeah, so that brings up an interesting point. Uh, uh, of course, we, we just had the first season of Strange New World here recently uh, and such, eagerly anticipating season two. But in in the first episode of season one of Strange New Worlds, there was there was a lot of uh, fan fan backlash, you know. Oh on the god, game. yeah. Um, Forgot because, about that. Yeah. Well, so Pike, they they go to a planet that was inadvertently they they accidentally violated the Prime Directive and and altered uh, the course of development for a pre warp civilization. Um. With the events of the season finale to uh, Discovery season two, uh, yeah, they accidentally point. introduced a, a a world to warp technology way before it was ready for it. Yes, by yeah, yeah, and and so in the process of investigating this, Pike figures this out, and he basically decides to intervene and and show them uh, video clips basically a video history of of earth in the 21st century and what leads to uh basically the events that lead to the eugenics wars and world war three uh in the star trek timeline which events had kind of been glossed over and, and stuff like that but the footage that they used and the catalytic event that occurred is they used real world footage from uh the uh january 6th incident in in the capital uh and stuff and people were like kind of losing their shit over this online i saw a lot of comments uh online of people like oh trek should not be this political trek shouldn't be this trek should you know get that out of my trek blah 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 trek's too woke yeah yeah and i'm like have you watched star trek i mean Literally, the the original series has an entire episode about two people who hate each other because they're half black, half white on the wrong sides. I mean, it's it's literally a a, a a thinly veiled metaphor for you know the the civil rights movement of the '60s, and it was it was there. They had, um, you know, of course the the first, uh, albeit forced, but first interracial kiss on. On television, they, 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 Star Trek has routinely been used as a diatribe to reflect real-world political and social, uh, social and economical uh, 
concerns and stuff. But Deep Space Nine had a a great uh, time travel episode where they went to uh, our near future. Um, they went not quite as not not quite forty years in our future from the time the show was aired, um, but uh, where they were they were they were talking about um, basically the the poverty rates in in America uh and such is 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 what it was is what it was done as um but yeah i mean you you could go through trek and just pluck out you know just handfuls of of examples where trek has been used to hold up a mirror to our current world uh and stuff so all these people who are complaining i'm like you all have not been watching the right show i don't don't know what show you've been watching but you're just you're wrong so yeah i don't know yeah, and again, to me, that's 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 the, the central pivotal difference. Um, and again, I'm not saying one's better than the other, but but Star Wars and Star Trek are not even in the same playing field. One is pure fantasy, which is great, and one is speculative fiction, which is a harder pill to swallow. Very different. Um, and and as far as what story best encapsulates that version of Trek, I don't know. Yeah, that would be an interesting question. Like, if you were gonna, if you were going to uh, uh, pick one thing of Trek that was done, as far as you know, this, that, and the other, that this is like that is Trek. You know, not not your personal favorite, or you know, what is technically a better movie, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, storytelling wise or anything. But what is like what has been given to us that is ultimately Trek, just at its in the core. truest spirit of what Trek was, is, yeah, yeah. Because uh, because again, and in, in this within that same, and I think this is part of what makes Trek great is, and and I'm glad we're we're getting back to this. Is and this is going to be sort of a hot take? Trek should stop making movies. Trek should not be movies anymore, because Trek is better as an ongoing series. And I love yes. that we're getting back to that with streaming now because. Strange New Worlds, uh, which we're both fans of, but Strange New Worlds within the same season has episodes like that where you just described, where we talk about again, we we hold the you know the funhouse mirror up to our society and say, this is what y'all are doing, uh, this is where we're, this is where we're headed if we don't knock this shit off. And in the same season, we get essentially an alien knockoff episode where giant space creatures loose on the ship and it's killing people. Uh, and and we get uh, we landed on a planet and there's energy beings and and, and a, a solar eclipse is going to burn us like so within the same series not every episode is always that heavy and that preachy and and that yes. speculative we have episodes that are there's there's an entire episode where we're inside the sort of dream of a child and everyone is a storybook fantasy character oh, yeah. on the Enterprise <laughs> love it or hate it. The beauty of having uh, a series and having multiple episodes a season is you're not pigeonholed. You have to do the same thing every time. You can explore and play. And, and okay, last week was a very heavy episode. This week we're going to do um, something a little lighter or something more action-heavy. Last week was a big sort of story arc episode. This week we're going to do a more of a, a day-in-the-life personal episode and, and follow a character who hasn't gotten the spotlight yet. You, know, you, can, you can shift tone like that, and that's part of... I, again, I think what makes Trek Trek is is that you get that that you have 
whatever, uh, eight or nine people on your main cast, and eventually they're all going to get the spotlight. Uh, yeah. And that's easier to do when you have 22 episodes in a season versus two hours in a movie. Yeah. So, another reason that Trek 09 is great is within two hours, they find a way to give everybody a spotlight. So they do. They do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I would agree. Trek. Do we need more Trek movies? No, we don't. Uh, we're getting crap tons of great Trek on, on the streaming. I want more Trek on the streaming. Um, you know, Lower Decks is phenomenal. Uh, Picard has some good episodes. It's okay. It, it, it's not one of my go-tos. Strange New Worlds, definitely looking forward to Season 2 with bated breath. Discovery has got great episodes. Uh, it, it's got uh, um, uh, in- interesting stories that it's telling. Uh, right now, is it one of my favorites? No, but uh, I mean, I, I still watch it. And I love it, uh, and it gives us good stuff. It gives us okay stuff. It gives us some bad stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I agree. Do I would I like to see a Star Trek four? Yeah, I'll watch it. But you know, am I disappointed that it's in development hell? No, because I've got really great Trek coming out in series form. So, Jay, you want to weigh in on that? Um, Star Trek Four: The Search for More Money. <laughs> hey, look, I would love to see that cast get back together again, and uh, if Paramount can cough up the dough to get everyone to come back and do it, I'd love to see oh. the adventure. They they teased uh, bringing back Chris Hemsworth as as Kirk's dad, and I was all aboard that storyline. Um, uh, I love the fan theory of. Okay, I missed something. Of of just having everyone talk about what uh, Chekhov is off doing. Uh, well, to keep so, the character alive. Yeah. So J- Jay was talking about the actual Star Trek for the Voyage Home, oh. not, not the reboot Star Trek Four. And when you said I'd love to see them get that cast back together, I'm like, I'm pretty sure half of them are dead. <laughs> I'd love to see them figure out necromancy and get that cast back together. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know what there? I will allow time travel <laughs> to get that cast back together. Oh. Sorry, Jay. Sorry. I'm going to shut I up thought, now. See, I thought you were just being a dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. And it was funny. I mean, it was funny. I was like, I was all on board. Uh, no, I would, I, I would like to see an actual fourth movie with that cast. But, like, mm-hmm. actually, I'm more intrigued with a um, Kelvin movie. Like Scott was talking about. Oh yeah, I think he, yeah, I think that'd be really cool to see and like to see Kirk's dad as like not the captain. Oh, uh, I don't even know if I would want uh, Chris Helmsworth in it. I would just bring back um, what's his name as Captain the Captain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, on on the Kelvin. I don't. Yeah, but you know they're not going to do that. They got to have a Kirk on there so they can make yeah. jokes about it. it's Kirk, but not the one you think. And look, it's connected. That's that's true. They they would. They you, would. You know do, they'll do that. Yeah, they wouldn't do well, it. That, I mean, that'd be kind of cool to see like the everything that it, maybe like leading up to that encounter in two thousand nine's reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like what mission were they coming off of? You know, well, actually, yeah. well. You can even use some stuff from the the IDW tie-in if you really wanted to, but they 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 they're not they're not uh, required to those constraints. But, um, uh, but yeah, that that would be awesome. 
my one of my favorite lines is still in that that thing you know whenever they're uh you've got the radio chatter between the kelvin and and starfleet and everything um and uh, uh starfleet's like kelvin please confirm your sensor readings uh yeah starfleet it's it's, it's we're, it, it looks like a lightning storm in space like kelvin can uh, can you double check uh what you're sending is the uh what was it uh uh, what's, what's the line? It says, what you sent us doesn't make sense or something like that. And they're like, yes, ma'am, we understand. That's why we sent it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry, Jay. Star Trek 4. Uh, I don't I don't know. if what was it? Because this probably leads into what is the thing that you would not want to watch from Star Trek? And I feel okay. like you guys are both on board the Star Trek 4. Um, bandwagon now hold on which star trek 4 the a fourth movie in the reboot timeline star trek 4 or star trek 4 the one with the whales the one with the whales i fucking hate that movie yes i know okay, you okay. do I, well I you know. said both on you said both on board with so i'm confused yeah i think you're both on board the i would never watch that star trek like okay. i said this this leads into that conversation yeah. of what Star Trek movie would you never watch? And you would not watch the one with the whales. Okay. okay. While on the <laughs> other hand, I would not watch the one where they search for God. Yeah. yeah, yeah Star, Star Trek four is, is on my list. It's on my short list of when I'm in the mood for Star Trek. I don't go to this one. Star Trek five is on my short list of, of, uh, I don't go to that one. Uh, even though it's got some great comedic moments, you know, oh. Okay, intentional and unintentional. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so here's this is this is my my defense of yes. Star Trek Four for okay. not being the most awful in the franchise. Okay. Okay. Yes, I know it's a huge trope. You know, travel back in time to our current time or whatever the current time was, and they're in current San Francisco, and oh look, they're fishes out of water. Blah blah blah. And I know that the script is there for cheap laughs, but I will also say there are other movies that are much better than this one that also pull for cheap laughs. And what I enjoy is not that they're cheap laughs, but the, the like the setting of where these are coming from, like the setup of them, like, uh, Uhura and Chekhov looking for nuclear ships and just asking random people on the street where the nuclear vessels are. Uh, I've told you the behind the scenes story for that. Yeah. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And like the, the lady that wasn't supposed to be there, that was there. Fine. I won't tell it again. See if I care. Just, yeah. All right. Cool. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Why would I be mad? I want to, I want to hear Jay recount the story you told him a while ago that he half remembers. Uh, (laughs) so there is a lady, um, her car got towed. Uh, she wasn't supposed to be in the scene. She was just an extra, but she needed money. And so she said a line, even though she wasn't supposed to say anything. And then, uh, 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 Walter, Walter Koenig, Koenig, Kern, Kernan, Kernan, Cannon, Cannon, Cannonball. Um, he, he replied and then, uh, uh, so she had to sign a contract. 
wow, that was that was a horrific retelling of that story. <laughs> Isn't that accurate? It's pretty accurate. No, uh, no, I would I would give that an accuracy rating of about forty percent. Uh, that's close enough. You can slap um, you can slap the uh, old based on true events title on the inspired front. Inspired by yeah. <laughs> inspired by true events. <laughs> On the front of that and sell it. Um, Jason's story was inspired by true events. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I get I get that they're going for cheap laughs, but like I said, it's the spirit of how they set them up. Um, Bach trying to cuss and throwing the hell in there, but the hell they're here whales. Like this just kind of cracks me up. Uh, yeah, plus Scotty talking to the computer. <laughs> and he's yeah. like computer uh i love that yeah i mean i don't i will, I will the, give it back one point for the scotty computer joke yeah i mean I, I don't hate the movie i'll watch it you know because i'll watch anything track but when i'm in the mood for track that's just not one of my go-tos no and i'm not saying it's at the top of my list but it's certainly not at the bottom um you know like star trek insurrection uh i don't even remember the last uh, the where they're making wharf puberty jokes. <laughs> um, yeah. Then you had Star Trek Nemesis. Like, I just feel like there's a lot worse Star Trek movies out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ne- ne- Nemesis cracks me up every time. Because you got that, you got that scene where they meet Shinzon, you know, of Remus, where they, they meet the Picard clone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> And the the entire cast is there, right? Everybody. And if you look at it, just if you just pause it right there and take the time to appreciate the fact that the flagship of the Federation is currently in deep. They're at the enemy home world. You know, they are, may not be an active war, but they are deep in hostile waters, Right. And the entire senior command crew is off the ship. <laughs> yep. There is not one senior department head officer on the Enterprise at that moment. <laughs> Everybody back on the ship is shitting their pants. H.M. Murdoch <laughs> was still on board the ship. Who? I forget his name. The The character Dwight Schultz plays. Uh, no, he's not on the Enterprise at that point, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. He's still on the Enterprise, so we're good. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think he's in the movie. But you don't know he's not. So within yeah. canon, he's still on the Enterprise somewhere. No, no, because they in, left him in charge it, of the ship. No, because that's it, the movie I want. Well, no, but he's but, the but, assistant Voyager. to the captain. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but Voyager Voyager talks about his reassignment to uh, Operation Outreach. He, I don't care. Voyager. I like mine better. And from what Trek fans tell me, screw Voyager. No, don't screw Voyager. No, don't fall into that. Don't don't fall into that band. I don't know. I saw a seven or nine. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, don't uh, don't, don't fall into this bandwagon. Voyager has some Shut of up. the best Trek episodes in in Trek. They have some really good ones. In fact, there's an entire Viking episode in Voyager. There there there's an entire yeah. there's a Beowulf episode. First of all. Pause. What is Dwight Schultz's character's name in Star Trek? Barkley. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I want the uh, the oh. I want an episode where the entire senior staff gets kidnapped 
and Barkley has to take command of the Enterprise. That's what I want. That's my Star Trek four. Just give me that. I don't want another season of Picard or or uh, whatever whatever weird uh, the Section Thirty One show that is or isn't happening. I don't care about that anymore. What I want is is my Barkley series. Hey. I am I am the assistant captain. No, you're the assistant to the captain. We find out the whole thing is made up. Uh, he's actually in the uh, uh, insane ward of a, a government military hospital. Uh, uh, the whole series is just an ima- an imaginary dream of, of oh no Murdoch's. The the whole series is on the hollow deck. No, no, the like, whole series is in the head of Murdoch. Oh, oh, because Murdoch yeah. and Barth are the same guy. Yeah, gotcha. So all of Star Trek Next Generation is just a hallucination from an 18 episode. Nice. Yep. I mean. Uh, Maybe that's why yeah. Paramount doesn't call me anymore. So that's my, I, yeah, that's my defense of Star Trek Four not being the worst Star Trek movie to watch. There are worse ones out hey, there. I know I am in the box office uh, numbers alone tell me I'm in the minority on that. Plenty of people love Star Trek Four, so I'm just not one of them. And you're right, Jay. Uh, there are worse things than Star Trek Four. Can't think of them right now, but there's worse things. Than <laughs> uh, oh, God. <laughs> I gave you plenty of examples, John. <laughs> but why does God need a starship? Uh, that whole movie that, that was, was it five? Yeah, like the whole starship. Five, movie? yeah, yeah. That is just such a. Um, so they, okay, I'm, I'm gonna borrow a phrase from um, uh, the Disaster Artist. That entire movie is just cinematic masturbation. That is just well, that is just Shatner being like, look how, look how Shatner I am. I feel bad because, like, Trek went back-to-back with bad movies. And, like, yeah, I I know that a lot of people dislike 4, but I'm sure that there's more people that really just hate 5. Well, yeah, there's the theory that the... Well, not theory, but the the fan... uh, The the odd-numbered Treks are the worst ones, even though we'll argue for and against them differently on the show because we're nerds. But, yeah, in in general, that, that holds fairly well. Well, for the original for the original series movies, yeah, true, true. Okay. That does kind of go out the window with the when they change casts. Yeah, when they change casts, it, it it changes up a bit. Um, although, you know, um, there's a great special feature where uh, the lead writers on uh, Next Generation, uh, and one of them I can't remember his name, but he was he was the lead writer on uh, Battle the reboot Battlestar Galactica. Moore, uh, what's his name? Ronald Moore. Yeah, Ronald Moore. Um, because he and the other head writer for Next Gen at the, go at the same time. So what was really funny was they kind of uh, he talks about this where they uh, 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 they they sequestered themselves away for several several weeks, right? Uh, and basically at the same time they were writing, they had to write the series finale of Next Generation which was the two-part episode, All Good Things. And they had to write Generations because they knew they were immediately going into a movie. Like, it was already foregone conclusion. And he basically says, yeah, he said, he said we considered, when we were writing it, we were basically considering All Good Things kind of a throwaway episode because uh, the bulk of our time was spent trying to 
you know, get generations right because we were going into a movie, right? That was our focus. And yet when you watch them, he's like, all good things is infinitely better than generations. <laughs> he's like, I don't know how we did that, but all, all good things is, is like a re- just an awesome story and everybody loves it. Generations is like, meh. Sorry. They had a good yeah. rebound, so it all worked out. Yeah. Definitely uh, definitely remember first contact watching it being like, who's this bald fucking guy? <laughs> first Jay, contact or generations? Generations. Okay. Oh yes, yes, Scott. Yeah, you, you just kill me. You kill me. Uh, <laughs> who's this tall guy with a beard? Why is the android crying? It's just a cat. So, if you ever hear Jay <laughs> say he doesn't like something and you find that shocking and you want to ask, what? How are you not a fan? The answer probably is he came at it from a weird angle. <laughs> Bless his heart. He saw Alien 3 first and kept going. <laughs> yes, that's a fact. He started that's with a- Generations and didn't give up on it. I saw Terminator 2 before I saw Terminator. Well, that works. That 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 actually works. <laughs> if you told me, yeah, the first Terminator movie I saw was Genesis, I'd be like, and you did, and you kept going, you didn't give up immediately. <laughs> uh, the first Predator I saw was Predator Two. <laughs> hey, now those are fighting words. I know. I'm That'll just be saying, you know like... that would be a fun topic. What's the worst movie to start on a franchise? Was, I just the say, absolute like, worst it's... place to start somebody in a franchise. When I started thinking about like movie franchises that I've watched, I really have never started at the beginning on a lot. <laughs> well, Jay, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Pretty Seems sure working out okay for you so far. Pretty sure I saw Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome before, <laughs> before I saw Road Warrior, way before I even saw the first Mad Max. Well, see now, to be fair, I can kind of understand that because I think I did too. Because there was a time there in the '90s and 2000s and stuff where you couldn't throw a stone on cable without hitting Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, or or Road Warrior. Road Warrior, yeah. TNT played Road Warrior all the freaking time. Yeah. Yep. We're getting way off topic, but yeah. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Um, I, anyone I, has I slipped into warp speed around the sun. Sorry, time warp. <clears throat> okay. Anybody Sorry. have uh, some final thoughts uh, about Star Trek before we leave? I think you're dying to get off your chest. Oh, shit. Uh, I mean, not final words ever spoken in your life about it, Scott. Just final <laughs> words of the show. Uh, mine's mine will be quick and to the point. Okay. They're they're not as they're not as bad as you think. I think there's a lot of people out there who have a negative sort of opinion about Star Trek because they grew up as Star Wars kids and that's okay. Um, but Star Trek is not as bad as you think. Just give it a shot. It's you gotta you gotta be careful. So if you're gonna if you're gonna dip your toe into Star Trek, make sure that you have a lifeguard. And that <laughs> you're not jumping into the deep end. Um, so hopefully your lifeguard will let you know which uh, what the deep end is to avoid. Um, four and five for the original series. Probably Insurrection. 
uh, uh, yeah, Nemesis, not, not great. Yeah, there you go. That's my. Um, let, let me pick up on that then, and 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 say that because uh, I want to give Scott the last word. Um, again, yeah, if you grew up as a Star Wars kid, that's fine because Star Wars appeals to kids because it's again it's fantasy in space, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, there's plenty of lightsabers around my room right now to, to say that I'm a big Star Wars fan. Uh, but. It's it. You don't have to be one or the other, and it's not one is better than the other. They are different, especially if you're if you're older now, because Trek can be hard to get into for kids because it's more cerebral. It's more of a thinking man's thing. It, it's more speculative fiction. But if you like that kind of stuff, if you like true science fiction, you don't get better than Trek. It's had so many seasons over so many series over nearly sixty years. Uh, there's, there's the old adage, Simpsons did it, the old thing. And when it comes to science fiction, insert Star Trek. Star Trek's done it somewhere. Uh, there's been so many episodes of so many shows and so many films. At some point, they've they've done that, uh, and probably did it pretty well. Um, it might be like Jay said, might be hard to to find where exactly to come into this franchise, to to find your on ramp into this, because there's there's a lot, uh, there's a lot. Um, so so finding your inroad might be a little difficult, but we've all came to it through different places, and we were all lucky enough to have people kind of shepherd us through it a little bit. Um, and so don't just write it off, uh, especially don't write it off because you think the fans are annoying. Uh, I hear that excuse from people a lot about different stuff, and that that always kind of don't judge a franchise by its fans. <laughs> Let it stand on its own. Um, but Trek is absolutely worth your time. Uh, it's so great. And to be your shepherd and to be your on-ramp, maybe start with Strange New Worlds. Do you have your exit, buddy? <laughs> All right, Squirt's going to show you how. <laughs> Scott, right, sorry. please give us the final word. Well, uh, so uh, first of all, um, uh, if if you're if you're new to Trek uh, and everything, and you want to get into Star Trek. Um, the only way to do it, uh, because I am a hardcore Trekkie, is you have to watch everything in order of its air dates uh, only. There is no other way to do it. I'm sorry. That's not what you told me. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I would absolutely agree. In fact, I would, I would strongly disagree with that. I've, I've, people have asked me over the years, hey, I want to, I want to get into Trek. You know, do I need to watch the original series? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Don't watch the Don't start with the original series because it's 1960s writing, and it's it's probably gonna you know uh, yeah it's it's just 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 don't. Um, uh, I I would get in. I would I would get into it. There's many like you said. There are different ways in. You can start with next gen, and I wouldn't even recommend that. I started you with Enterprise. Um, uh, and and that seemed to work pretty well. Uh, of course, the reboot movies are good, like you said, Jay, because you don't need to know anything about Trek to to enjoy those films. They are more up up to date. And then as you work through, you can cover the backstory and and the the original series and kind of fill in the gaps and 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 do your thing and and all your stuff. Uh, the new stuff that's coming out is great jumping on point uh, as well. Um, that being said. Uh, yeah, uh, 
I, I don't know the the worst part the worst part of just about any fandom is the fans and Star Trek fans are some of the worst. Um, I've said it before, and I will say it again. I am a Trekkie, and anybody out there that identifies as and says, oh, I'm not a Trekkie. No, I'm I'm a Trekker. I'm a Trekker. I'm not a Trekkie. Trekkie is pejorative. Don't demean me like that, Trekkie. I'm a Trekker. You know what? Fuck you. Don't take yourself so damn serious. <laughs> All right? It's a TV show. You're a nerd. You like a TV show. You like you like this stuff. You're not that sophisticated. You're, you're just not. Um, I hate that term. Uh, I'm glad it has slowly been dying over the years. Um, uh, though I do find it funny that you you make the comment that Trek is you know sci- that as is is science fiction at some of its best because in in the time before um, uh, uh, the the motion picture. Uh, and everything we just had the original series and it was off the air that the the 10 year the the dark times you know mm-hmm. when trek was literally kept alive just by the fans and um uh gene roddenberry going to science fiction conventions uh and, and such and 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 literally just kind of uh pedal- he would set up booths just like a vendor at, 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 at science fiction conventions to continue to promote Star Trek. Uh, he and Major Barrett. And um, uh, at during that time, I mean, we're talking about hardcore, you know, science fiction, you know, conventions where, where they celebrated Isaac Asimov and Heinlein uh, and Ray Bradbury and, you know, uh, Philip K. Dick, you know, the giants uh, of science fiction. Star Trek was looked down upon like it was not considered science fiction at all. It was considered it was like the redheaded stepchild of sci-fi. Like to admit that you were a, a Star Trek fan, like hardcore sci-fi fans would like make just make fun of you. They're just like, you know, get out of here. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what sci-fi is. Um, so the fact that it has it it, it has come this far in the circle of science fiction is just a testament in and of itself to its staying power. And um, a lot of times, and this is something I'm going to say something that's a bit controversial, uh, is, yeah, Gene Roddenberry created it, right? Like, like the, the concept of Star Trek was his brainchild and everything. But its 60-year staying power is not a result of Gene Roddenberry. Uh, it's it's a result of the literal army of people that have taken up that mantle, carried that torch forward um, since Gene Roddenberry's passing, and even during the era when he was still around. I mean, you know, uh, you know the, the the writers like Dorothy Fontana, who contributed to the original series and the Next Gen and Deep Space Nine and everything, to Rick Berman, Michael Piller. Um. Uh. Uh. Crap. I. I can't remember the guy. The name of the guy who's running it right now. Uh. And everything. But this is not uh, Star Trek as it exists today as a whole 
uh, across its 60-year history does not owe its existence to it. It is not the vision of one man. It, it, it is the vision of a cross-section of the world. And uh, that's why it's still here. But, yeah. Anyway. That was a beautiful, beautiful speech. I just want you to know, I'm going to cut it off right where you tell Trekkies to fuck off. <laughs> Stop it right there. <laughs> so there it is, the final word for Trek. Uh, thank you for coming with us on this this journey, this voyage, this trek through the franchise that is Star Trek. Um, what does it mean to you? Let us know. Until next time, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert.